Hey guys, welcome to What's the Word today. Uh, we are just so happy to have you join with us. Put something in the comments right now, whether you're watching live or in the archive. Say hello to us, wave at us with some emoji hands, something like that. We love you so very much. Like, share, subscribe, hit the little bell, hit the notification so that it uh, uh, gives you a notification when we go live. And we love you. We're talking, we've been talking about stinking thinking. Stinking, you can't say stinking, it's got to be stinking, stinking thinking. All right, and uh, today we are talking about soulish mentality, soulish mentality. You can put that in the comments, S-O-U-L-I-S-H, uh, not ghoulish mentality like around Halloween, but soulish mentality. And uh, soulish mentality is basically this. When we live our lives more by the soul than we do by the spirit, when we live our lives more by the soul, the mind, the will, and the emotions than we do by the spirit, when we live our lives more by the soul than we do by the spirit of God. Now, one of the things that you would ask is, what is that? What do you mean by that? Isn't it our soul that is saved? Well, in a manner of speaking, yes, but it's not what you think it is. Uh, our souls can be saved, but when the Bible talks about the soul, it's talking about the mind, the will, and the emotions. Uh, it's not talking about the inner man, the spirit of man. It's talking about the mind, will, and emotions. And when we're talking about a soulish mentality and living more by that than by the Spirit, I would say, and, and this is my estimation, this is not scientific or anything, I would say at a minimum, the majority of people that have not heard this teaching will live their lives at least 95% of the time by their soul in the wrong way, in the wrong form or fashion. They live by the mind, will, and emotions of the flesh. And why is it? The reason why that is is because they have, uh, that's what we've been taught. We've actually been taught for the majority of our lives to live by our, our emotions, live by our will, live by our logic. And so this is the way the world has taught us. Now, that doesn't mean that everything that you think or do is bad, but let me show you. The issue is corruption, and uh, the issue is how much do we know. So when somebody is born again, so let, let's just look at this. We've talked many times on this broadcast about uh, the three parts of man, okay? Uh, anybody remember what the three parts of man is? Put it in the comments right now. And uh, if you get it first, we're going to give you a gift card. Amen. So the three parts of man uh, are what? Whoever gets it first. <laughs> but he doesn't count. <laughs> what are the three parts of man? The three parts of man are, I'm looking, I'm waiting. I know we have a delay on the live broadcast. The three parts of man. There you go, Hannah Sittler. You win the gift card today, so make sure that you go to whatsright.com slash gift. So the three parts of man are 
the body, soul, and spirit, or the spirit, soul, and body. I like saying it that way because it puts the most important one first, the spirit, soul, and body. It kind of puts it on a spiritual level. What's first? What's priority? What's second? What's third in terms of righteousness as well? So the spirit, soul, and body. So the spirit is the inner man. The soul is the mind, will, and emotions. And the body is what you would see in the mirror. It's the physical body. All right, so now when we're talking about this, one of the things that we want to see is how what happens when we're born again. So before we are born again, your mind is basically comprised of what it's been taught all of its life by the spirit and by the body or by the flesh. And so your mind has two different inputs. And I can show you this specifically in Romans chapter 7. You have two inputs to the mind. You have your flesh and you have your spirit man. Now the issue is, before we know Jesus, before we're born again, that spirit man is not renewed. And so spiritually speaking, it is corrupted. Well, your flesh, even after you're born again, is still corrupted. It carries in it the corruption of sin. And so for the majority of our lives, everything coming into our mind is not necessarily all bad, but it all carries corruption with it. Okay, And so if, in other words, my spirit man's not renewed, it's still unrenewed, has a lack of life, it's not born again, it doesn't carry righteousness, it also has the corruption of sin. And so both uh, from my spirit and from, from my flesh is a corrupted mindset. And so all of my thinking until I'm born again has in it corruption. So if you think about what Jesus said or, or what the Bible tells us is that a little bit of sin or a little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump. So when we have corruption in our flesh and corruption in our spirit man that's feeding our mind, it actually makes the whole corrupted. Doesn't mean that every thought is bad. I know some people that generally speaking are good people that don't know God. Uh, what they, you know, they, want, they don't want to be bad, but they don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And so what happens is they're not all bad, but they're still the remnant of corruption. And uh, it would kind of be like, it would kind of be like this. If you had a cup of water and in that, in that uh, water you knew that there was a deadly virus in it. If, if you had a cup of water and you knew that there was a deadly virus in it, how much cleaning and washing would you do before you drank out of that cup? All right, so this is when we have the corruption of sin, the wages of sin is death. It brings death. It brings lack in our lives. So we should be very motivated to make sure that our mind is cleaned up from that. We should be, and Buddy says, I would throw the cup away. And uh, one of, we should be very motivated, and God's given us a way to clean it up. So what we have is this. As soon as we're born again, the spirit man, the spirit of man, or the inner man, is made completely whole and completely new. The flesh will never be uncorrupted until we are changed into our glorified body. It will always carry the corruption of sin in it. Okay, there's nothing we can do about that. We can put it down. We can submit the flesh, make it do what we want it to do, the real you, the spirit man. 
can, the spirit of man can make it do that. That decision is made in the mind. And so whichever one you're given to is the majority of actions that you will take. So if you think about this, here's what the Bible teaches us. When we're born again, our spirit man is made brand new just like Jesus in the righteousness of God in Christ. And that's the real you, okay? However, you still have a remnant in your flesh of that corruption, and you have the remnant in your mind or in the soul, in the mind, will, and emotions. The Bible says that at that moment, we should begin to renew our mind to the, what the Word says, and then in the mind is where the battlefield is. Any thought that it has corruption in it, we take that thought captive. We only think on things worthy of praise, and we tell the flesh what to do instead of letting it tell us what to do. So what God did was where sin was running our life, now we have the power to put sin down. We don't have to have that anymore. We literally are empowered to not sin again through Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing, but we have to understand that operation. Well, now just think about this. How many people understand how this works? The Bible lays it out pretty clearly, uh, but I've run into hundreds of believers that don't even know the three parts of man. I've run, I've run into hundreds of believers that don't even understand it. And so when you look at that and when you see that, then all of a sudden you start to see that uh, that if they don't even understand the three parts of man, how are they going to understand how to live by the Spirit? How are they going to understand how to live by it? No, what they've been used to all of their life is a corrupted thinking. And so without knowing that they need to change that thinking, they just keep on in it. And I would say 95%, uh, probably easily, 95% of people are actually operating by the soulish mentality. And what they don't realize is a little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump. A little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump. In other words, uh, when they actually start living by that, everything is limited. In other words, they constantly have a cap on their life because there's pieces of what God's told us to do that's not been seen. Okay, so one of the things that we want to look at is let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12. It says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and ac acceptable unto God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Verse 2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So our job is to change how we've been thinking. We must change that. Now, what I'm going to show you is a couple of things where we don't realize how much we're living by that old corrupted thinking. We don't, we don't realize how much. Let's go to Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, 
And let's start at uh, verse 17. Ephesians 4 and verse 17. So this I say, affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles walk. So he's telling us, stop walking like this. Don't walk like this any longer. I want you to walk differently. Okay? And he says this, don't walk how unbelievers walk. So, and how does he say it? In the futility of their mind. The futility. When we operate in the soulish realm, the Bible says it's futile. In other words, you're not doing anything. You, you may be causing yourself harm. It may be causing uh, you actually some problems. We don't want to walk that way. Let's go quickly. We're going to come back there so you can hold your place. Let's go to Romans chapter 8 and look at verse 14. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit... These are the sons of God, or these are the children of God. In other words, if we're not being led by the Spirit, we're not operating as we should. We're not to be led by the futility of the mind. We're to be led by the Spirit of God. When we set our mind on the things of the flesh and the futility of our mind, then we will always be limited. But if we'll set our mind on the Spirit and let the Spirit bring that leading to our mind, then we will be unlimited because we'll be walking the way that God designed us to walk. Now let's go back to Ephesians and let's look at verse 18. So the last thing he says, he commands us, don't walk as unbelievers walk in the futility of our mind. Verse 18, being darkened in their understanding. So when they walk in the futility of the mind, they do not have the understanding that God says they can have. Excluded from the life of God, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. Now watch this. When we choose... When we actually choose to not live by God's ways, we're saying, Lord, I don't trust in you. Anytime you see the word hardness of our heart, we have thrown away the good things of God to a level where we're not believing on him fully. And so it, it always means a lack of faith and a lack of trusting him. So when we don't trust him, our heart will actually be darkened. In other words, we won't see what we need to see. And so what he's saying is when we have chosen to not trust his thinking, but to trust our own thinking, we will actually lose revelation that we could have had. Okay? So we'll lose that revelation. This is huge because a lot of people are actually called to operate at great high levels, but they're operating at very low levels because they haven't seen how to operate in their, in their spirit man and by the spirit instead of by the fleshly mind. All right? Verse nine, 19, the hardness of their heart. And they have become callous and have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. Now, 
that sounds really bad. Sensuality that, and giving themselves over to the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But I want you to understand, sensuality uh, can just simply mean this. I'm living by my senses instead of by the Spirit. I'm living by my senses rather than by the Spirit. And if I live by my senses, it will lead me to an impurity and a greediness. It will lead me to the places I don't want to be. So when I, when I am born again and I keep operating by my senses, by the mind, will, and emotions, I'm constantly going to be uh, limited. I'm going to be pointed towards impurity. I'm going to be pointed towards ungodliness because I'm living by the mind. Now, how does it mean to live by the mind? It means that I'm living by my emotions. I'm living not because God told me to do it. I'm living by my logic. I'm living by my feelings. I'm living by my will. In other words, I had a will before I was born again, but it came from a corrupted nature. And as I pay attention to that will over God's will, it's always going to lead me to the place of being limited. I've got to change how I think. I can't be in a soulish mentality. All right, so now look in here at verse 20. But you did not learn Christ this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him just as truth is in Jesus, that is in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. Now, I want you to see this. He's telling us a command and a way to go about living so that we won't be limited anymore. Is there anybody out there that doesn't want to be limited anymore? If that's you, put some hands up in the comments. If you don't want to be limited in your life, if you don't want to be limited in your business, if you don't want to be limited in these things, then we've got to do it the way he says it, not the way we've been taught, not the way that we've done it all of our life, not what's comfortable to us, not what feels good to us. We've got to do it his way. We must do it his way. We have to do it his way. And put that in the comments. If I'm going to live life to the full, I must do it his way. I must do it his way. I must. I must. If I'm going to live life to the fullest, I must live it his way, by his principles, by his thinking. I can't live in the same old way and think that my results are going to be different. They're not. I must live it his way. I must apply discipline. I must apply, uh, you know, not getting weary and well-doing. I must think the correct thoughts. I've got to police those thoughts. You know, that doesn't mean, I want to show you something here. So, you know, one of the things I found in Christianity is this, is when you start moving into Christianity, there's so many different uh, thoughts towards what you should do. You know, if you listen to everybody uh, in Christianity, one of the things that would happen is 
you would actually be sitting there and you would become a political activist because you must, you, you, know, you must be very politically active if you're a Christian. You have a responsibility to do that. At the same time, you must also be an abortion activist because you've got to go and, and be active for, you know, against abortions and uh, stand up for those babies' lives. And then you've also got to go to every service that happens anywhere within you. Uh, you have to, you know, at first you have to, you know, start praying and reading, you know, for an hour a day. But you can't just stay there. I mean, you've got to go to two hours and then three hours and then four hours. And you've got to pray. And, and goodness knows you should read through your Bible every 90 days, you know. Uh, for sure you should do that. And then you should just spend time with the Lord as well. And uh, you should also uh, witness to everybody that's at your work and uh, you should do all of these things, and you should be very active, and you should go out soul winning, and you should do this, and you should do that, and you should, and before you know it, you know, I had, you know, I had people over time, they're like, well, you've got to get behind and support Israel and go to some of these meetings and everything. And uh, you, so you've got to support Israel and you've got to go be on the mission field and you've got to be at your church and you've got to read this and do that and do this. No. No, yes, God's going to lead you to certain things. What you have to do is simply what he tells you to do. You see, uh, yeah, Kevin said, I'd be really tired from doing all that. Yeah, and, but when, it's funny. When people come into a church, they expect that we do all of those things, and if we're not doing their pet thing, then we must not be a real church. I mean, we're, maybe one day we'll grow up, you know. no. You do what God leads you to do. See, if I was led by the mind and what's logical to do, I would be so burnt out and you would be so burnt out and that's not God's way. It's not God's way. In other words, you take one thing at a time, one thing at a time, and the Lord will say, do this. And I'll tell you this, if the Lord is saying, do this, you will have provision to do it. So, you know, I've jumped into, I've, I've had times where the, I had people trying to get me to do something, and I said, no, and I, we don't have any calling to do that. And people were mad at me because I didn't do it, and uh, they didn't realize, they don't realize this. They think that if there's a need, then you must meet it. No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, if you love me, you keep my commandments. And so what I want you to see is, if we're just living by the mind and what needs to be done, what's logical to get done, we would burn ourselves out. But when you go into 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 3, it says, even if I give all my possessions to the poor, I give my body to be burned, but have not love. In other words, I can do those things and be outside of God. I can do those things and be outside of love right? I'm, we're not supposed to do all of those things, but logic would have you doing that. A worldly thinking would have you doing all those things. And, and what the devil does is he uses that worldly thinking towards a good person to completely burn them out. And so one of the things that you, I want you to see is there's two sides of this. Number one, don't step into anything unless you know that you know that God is instructing you to do it. Here's the other thing. 
once you have resolved to do it, know that God will give you provision to do it no matter what. <laughs> no matter what you see or what it feels like, he'll give you provision to do it. So now, once you know what God's told you to do, don't back off of it. You know, uh, Oral Roberts had a saying, uh, and let me see if I can find it real quick and say it exactly uh, what he said. He said, um, I know the basis of it. I'm going to try and find it exactly. He said, as soon as you, he said, number one, to be successful in life, I don't, I don't have it right here handily available. He said, number one, to be, to be successful in life, hear clearly from the Lord. Once you hear clearly from the Lord, confer no longer with flesh and blood, including your own. And then three, get it done at all costs. Right? So hear clearly from the Lord what to do and when to do it. Okay? If you've just heard the what, then you, don't, you still don't have clear leading yet. You want to hear what to do and when to do it, okay? Once you hear what to do and when to do it, stop counseling with flesh and blood once you know. Once you've confirmed it with your pastor, once you've talked about it, you know this is God. Confer no longer with flesh and blood. Watch, including our feelings, <laughs> including our thoughts towards it. Hear clearly from the Lord. Confer no longer with flesh and blood and get it done at all costs, and you'll be successful. And that, that's what we've done here. What am I telling you to do? I'm saying let the Holy Spirit lead you by the Holy Spirit to our spirit man, to the inner man. Get Once he leads you, make sure that it's God. Get confirmation with yourself, your spouse, uh, your pastor, and uh, get confirmation. Know that it's God. A lot of people, because of this corrupted mindset, there's things they think is God that's not. There's things that they don't think that is God, and it actually is. Get confirmation. Make sure you hear from God. And then once you know that you know, I know what to do and I know when to do it, confer no longer with flesh and blood. In other words, don't take in any corrupted thinking. Don't take in anything else. Because as you go, remember, he gave us that word, don't grow weary in well-doing. Why did he give us that word? Why did Jesus give us that word in his Bible? He gave us that word because we're going to be tempted. We're going to be tempted to get weary in well-doing. He knew that. Well, we are not going to talk to our flesh. We're not going to talk to our emotions. We're not going to talk uh, to those thoughts. No, those thoughts are trying to exalt itself over what God has told us to do. Number one, hear from the Lord. Two, confer no longer with flesh and blood and get it done at all costs. And he said you'll be successful in these ways. We must understand that the first part of hearing from the Lord is hearing from him, making sure that it's him. This is why we're not in this alone. Most of the mistakes I've seen in the church, most of the mistakes that I have seen in the church was not a group of people making the mistake together. It could have been a group of people acting on the mistake of one.
But most of the mistakes I've seen in the church was where one person thought they heard from God when they didn't. That's the majority of mistakes. And the reason is they had actually a fleshly thought or a worldly way with corruption that was actually tainting what God had said. So the first thing we want to do is make sure and get confirmation that we've heard from God. Stop walking in the soulish realm, the mind, the will, and the emotions. And then we don't confer any longer with flesh and blood. That's it. It's kind of like an order. We've received an order from headquarters. I know that it's legit. It's been verified once, that, once we know and we have confirmation that that is an order from God, that it's a command from God. We don't talk to anybody. Nobody stands in our way. No feelings, no thoughts, no weariness, uh, no hesitations, all of that stuff. We go after and we get it done at all costs, right? No matter what it takes, we get it done. See, this is what people are missing. And because they don't understand this process, there's a limit. There's a limit. And so they're constantly, they'll quit, they'll back off, all of these things. We must break those limits, but we're not going to do it unless we do it God's way. The majority of people are living by the soul. Now, here's what I want you to see. Look at what it said right here in verse 22. In reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. Most people have never done this. Most Christians have never done this. Put that in the comments. I want you to see this. Ephesians 4 and verse 22 in what I'm talking about today, most people have never done this. And I'm going to show you how. Because most people will get born again but every one of their ways of thinking that they've had before they got born again, they take it right into their church. They take it right into their spiritual life. They don't even lay that thinking on the altar to see which portions are corrupted. They just bring worldly thinking into their fellowship with God. And immediately, their, even their fellowship with God is limited because they didn't do this. Now, I want you to see this. Let me read this again. In reference to your former manner of life, let me say it this way. In reference to your former way of thinking. Hear that. In reference to your former way of thinking, your former way of emotions, in reference to your former way of getting tired when you're in the middle of a project, getting tired of it, getting worn down, thinking how hard it is, in reference to that former way of thinking, he says, lay it aside. Throw it away. Throw it completely away. Listen, God's big enough to rewrite your thinking. <laughs> God is, God's big enough to rewrite our thinking. I don't have to try and hold on to some bit of logic that has been my source for so long, but not realizing it's been sabotaging my life. So most people have not laid aside their way of thinking. And I could, I could sit down with practically any Christian whatsoever, including myself. I could sit down, start asking some questions, and say, and I could pretty quickly find some stuff where they're still thinking like the world, they're not thinking like God. Yeah, exactly, Hannah. Hannah wrote, God is big enough to rewrite my thinking. 
But see, people don't want to give over their thinking. They want to do it the way they've been doing it. What if right now, let me give you an example. What if right now God walks into your room, or, or let's just say I just heard from the Lord. Here, here's, it's better like this. What if I just said, and, and I want you to understand, I'm not saying this for real. I'm using it as an example. What if right now I said, as an example, God just told me everybody in here that's listening to this is supposed to empty all of your accounts and sow it into the church this week. Right? What happened to you when I said that? If that was real, what happened to you? What, what, yeah, <laughs> Will went, uh, like this. He, he had that check, right? Why is that? Because our thinking is tied to, man, if I do that, I don't have enough to pay my bills. I don't have enough to live, right? Our thinking is tied to that old way, and so we're limited in what God can tell us. God could never tell us to do that if we weren't actually able to give it. And so we've limited what we can hear from God because our thinking is so tied to the logic that was based on corruption. Now, I'm just using that as an example. Now, I know a situation where that actually happened. I know a situation, and uh, I believe, I'm not going to call the name, but it's a minister in Africa that is, has hundreds of thousands and millions of people in his church hundreds of thousands and millions of people in his church. And here's what happened. Before he was even known, he was like one of the, he was in a decent-sized church, but he was almost an unknown minister. The head of that church, he was like one of the least, kind of like David and his brothers. And uh, so one of the things that happened is the, the minister that was leading said, the Lord spoke to me and he said, uh, that you are t every minister in here is to go home and to empty out their bank account and bring it in and sow it into the church uh, tomorrow. And so they all went and uh, and they went and they all of them brought an offering pretty much, but only one of them actually emptied it out and did that. The rest of them did not empty out all of their accounts. Uh, he said it and uh, actually and the head minister called that young minister up. And he said, the Lord told me uh, to do this. Because you've done this, you will be blessed with this ministry. And you are now the leader of this ministry. And when it came into his hands because of that heart, it absolutely exploded. Right? And so this is a thing. Now, I'm not saying that God's going to say that. Not, like I said, I didn't say that. I'm not saying that he said that. I'm utilizing that as an example that we are so tied to a logic and an emotional thinking that there's things that God can't even tell us. And if he did tell us, we wouldn't hear him because we're so biased that no way he could tell us that. We're so biased in our old, old way of thinking that he couldn't tell us. That's why I've, that's why I've told the Lord, and, I, and I've told other people this you know, before, is you've got to get to the place where God can tell you anything to do and it, and it is viable to you. If anything takes you longer than a couple of seconds to let go of, you don't have it, 
it has you. Now, I'm not just talking about finances and material things. I'm talking about our thinking. So if I told you, you know, let's say that uh, we went into this. Let me give you a practical example of this. Praying in tongues and being filled with the Holy Ghost. The majority of the American church is not spirit-filled, even though it's a straight command from God. It is an absolute straight command from God. And they'll never walk in the power of an overflowing spirit to be his witnesses because their thinking from the corrupted flesh will not let them get past the weirdness, their perceived weirdness of the Holy Spirit. And so because of that, the very practical example, they can't have the leading that they need. They can't have the power that they need. They can't be the witnesses that they're called to be. All of that because our thinking has been soulish. Soulish mentality has sunk us because of our mind, our will, and emotions, and we've not laid any of it, most of us, most of us, and, and I'm a lot of people that are around me today have started to do this because of this teaching, but the majority of the American church has never even really challenged their old thinking. The ones that do immediately stand out because God starts to move and, and, it, and you can't help but notice it. They're the ones moving with power. They're the ones that are moving in the spirit of the Lord. They're the ones that are moving, and they're, they, they're different. They stand out. Why? Because they put their life, including their soulish realm, the mind, will, and emotions, on the altar. The majority have, are not willing to challenge what they think. Let me, let me give you an example of this where I actually had this happen. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Uh, I can see where the numbers have continued to rise. Um, years ago, I was, at a, uh, I was at a service, and Nicole and I were there, and it was kind of a long service, and then this guy prophesied to Nicole and I, and when, and this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is exactly, exactly what I mean by living in a soulish mentality. The guy came up to me. He prophesied to me. He prophesied to me that he said, um, this item is an issue for you. This way of thinking is an issue for you, and you need to work that out. And as soon as he told me that, my immediate thought was, this guy has no idea what he's talking about. That is not an issue for me. If I could say at that moment what percentage of me did not believe him and thought he was wrong, it would have been like 99.95%. I truly thought he had just missed God. I thought he was in his emotions. I thought he was emotional, and I thought he had missed it. I appreciated him as a minister. I just thought that he had gotten in his own mind, will, and emotions and missed it. Well, but here's, here. all right, time out. How many people have ever felt that way? You know, how many people have ever felt that way? Okay, most of us, if you've been in church for any period of time, most of us have felt that way. And so, what? but I'd learned to throw away my thinking or at least put it on the altar. And so I said, Lord, what do you want me to do with that? Because I don't think that's true. And here, here's the direction that the Lord gave me. He said, you just set it on the shelf, and when you think about that, just pray in the Holy Ghost. 
I said, okay, what am I doing? I'm taking my old way of thinking, the thinking that he told me was a problem that I didn't think was a problem. I thought I had it figured out. He said, take that thinking and just basically put it on the altar. If, if over a period of time my fire burns up your old thinking, then it wasn't me. If it stays and my fire actually glorifies it and proves that it's real, then your thinking was me. So you don't have to worry about it. Just yield it to me. Pray in the Holy Ghost about it. And, and it was, I don't know, three, four, five years later, I was in the process of doing something, and I'm reading on this particular issue, and all of a sudden, I, I see it. I, and it came so clear to me. And where I thought that guy was wrong, he was absolutely right. I would have sworn up and down he was wrong. The only reason where I considered him to be right at all is I knew I have a flesh. And so I took that thought, hey, I have a flesh. I could be wrong on that. I don't think I am, but I could be wrong on that. And because of that, I will lay that on the altar simply because I'm not 100% perfect. I still have a flesh that has corruption in it, and that was that was leaning me towards a way of thinking towards it. Uh, even though I thought my way of thinking was completely spirit-led, it wasn't. My flesh had deceived me in my thinking towards the Word, and I was looking at it from an angle and from a slant, and the Holy Ghost revealed it. I was 100% wrong. That guy was 100% right. And I, but I would have never seen it had I not yielded myself humbly and, and been willing to cast aside my old manner of thinking. Let me read this again. 22, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self. In reference to your former manner, manner of life is everything that you do. Let's just pinpoint on this. Your former manner of thinking, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust and deceit. In other words, if we don't lay those things aside, they will continue to, to infiltrate our thinking. It will continue to infiltrate how we go about life. And look at this, verse 23, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That you're renewed in the spirit of your mind. In other words, what you have is your mind presents a renewed self. You're perfect in your spirit, you're corrupted in your flesh, and the decision happens in your mind. Whichever way your mind is renewed to, is it renewed to the flesh or is it renewed to the spirit? Whichever way your mind is renewed to is the direction that your life will go. And if I don't lay the things of the flesh in the old manner on the altar, and I don't yield to the Holy Spirit, read the Word, study to show myself approved, I will not renew my mind, I will not renew my emotions, I will not renew my will, and I'll continue to walk like the old man, even though I'm born again and I'm going to heaven, but I'll never perform and I'll never produce, and when Jesus comes looking for fruit, it won't be as good as it should be. Right? And why? But if I will give myself to the Spirit, if I'll study to show myself proof, if I'll take that old thinking and lay it on the altar and say, Lord, I could be missing it. Maybe I'm missing it completely. 
right? And I'll lay myself on the altar. The Holy Spirit will come in. He'll show me the truth about things. And as I go that way, it'll work. And that, that limit, that ceiling that I had, it'll break open and it'll work. And I'll keep rising and rising and rising and rising and rising. I can't tell you how many times as a pastor I've watched this item happen. I could, I could tell you story after story where somebody thought things were going this way, but it was because their mind was not renewed and it was biased. And as we walk down the road, they realize, oh, it's not that way, it's that way. You know? It's, it, it's actually, like, I thought for sure it was that way, just like the story I told you about me. I'm thinking of one right now uh, where, and I want you to see this, this is the mind, will, and emotions. This is the mind, will, and emotions. There was, a, there was a story that I had happen, I don't know, a while back, six months to a year ago or something like that. There was a story that I had happen, and the person I was talking to basically said, basically told me, you always do this. And I said, well, that's not true. And I said, what about when I did this? And they went, oh, well, yeah, you, you did do that. I said, what about when I did this other thing, too? They were like, oh, well, yeah, you did that, too. He said, you know, going the opposite direction. I said, what about when I did this? Like, that was last week. And they were like, oh. I was like, how come you couldn't see that? In other words, you saw everything going one direction, but I just gave you testimonies that you agreed to that was the exact opposite direction. Watch this. How? Could a person not even see that direction, not even see those actions? Because when those actions were filtered through their mind, through the soulish mentality, they had a slant and an unrenewed portion that only allowed them to see a certain direction. And that can be a negative. You know, people can be optimistic. Pe people can be negative, right? That's where we need the Holy Spirit to teach us and to show us. Literally, I've literally, he's, but he said it's easy for us to fabricate realities when we ca get called up in an unrenewed mind. That is exactly true. Exactly true. I've watched it for years. It's amazing. You know, I could call Barrett in here right now. She's talked about it multiple times, even on the broadcast. She thought for sure that I had confirmed to her that she was a pastor. I'm very specific about that, and I had never done it. But if you'd ask her, she, she thought for sure that's what she was called to be, and I had basically confirmed it. And uh, she came. It was a big shock to her because I asked her. I said, what did I say? And we went back. We reviewed it, and all of a sudden she goes, oh. You didn't say that. I said, no. The mind, the biasness of the mind slanted what she heard a certain way. And I've seen it time and time and time again. If we don't have a renewed mind and we're operating in a soulish mentality, it can bias and slant us to the point where we don't even perceive truth correctly. This is where the devil operates in so many people. There, Barrett just said, sure did. This is where the devil captures so many people. I'll point you to this. In Revelation chapter 12, Revelation 20, I think it's in those two chapters, four times, four times the devil goes in and out of the world 
Every time the devil traveled in and out of the world, it says he took one thing with him, deception. In other words, he will use an unrenewed mind, a soulish mentality, to deceive people, and he does it. It's not that he has power to overcome them on his own if they're a Christian. It's that we hand it to him because we haven't done what the Lord said, which is give our, we haven't given ourselves over, given the old manner of life, and lay aside the old self. We haven't done that, and so the old manner, which is actually a corrupted sin nature, will continually deceive us in that soulish mentality. And, and I want you to see this. I'm going I'm to visit this for just a second at the end. I want you to see how it works. Let's go back to this, verse 22 and 23. That in reference to your former, former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. And, and I'll say, I've seen the numbers go up and down some here today. If you didn't hear the beginning of this, you got to grab it. You got to go back to the beginning of this broadcast and hear the beginning of this after it's over because this is such an important topic. This topic alone, if I could change this in the church, I would. I would change it in a heartbeat because this right here is what sinks most Christians. All right, now, verse 22, Ephesians 4, 22, it says, that in reference to your former manner of life or your former manner of thinking, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been credited in righteousness and holiness of the truth. You are holy, you're supernatural, you're righteous. In other words, you've been given everything pertaining to life and godliness. It says in Peter, you've been given everything pertaining to life and godliness. I want, to, I want you to see this now. I spoke on Sunday about breaking the cycle of the slavery of fear. And you see that there is no fear in God. In other words, if we have fear, it never comes from God. Here's what I want you to see. Pressure in your life pressure in our lives, that pressure, the, the reason people will fall for pressure is because pressure produces fear that I won't be able to hold it all. And so they'll stop things because of pressure, and it's all in the soulish realm. It's all in the mind, will, and emotions. And yet, how many of us have ever thought, I'm not going to make it through this? I don't know how I'm going to make it through. How many of us have ever thought that? Put a hands up in the comments. You've thought, I, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. And yet, here you are today sitting and listening to me. You made it through it. You're sitting here listening to me. See, at that moment, the pressure was driving you to fear. Recognize fear for what it is. See, that is that soulish realm. That's that soulless realm that's actually trying to get you and force you into a decision that is not godly. Look at this again. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God. Do you think God ever folded to pressure? Do you think God ever folded to fear? The answer is no. He never folded. And he tells us right here that the new self, not the old self that we're supposed to lay aside, 
But the new self is to put on the likeness of God. That means no matter what we see, no matter what we feel, no matter what we hear, we can go through. If God told us, going back to what Oral Roberts said, hear from the Lord. Once you know that you have heard from the Lord and confirmed it with you, your spouse, your pastor, once you've confirmed it, you know what to do and you know when to do it, confer no longer with flesh and blood. Now, don't fall for the pressure. Don't fall for the fear. And, and I want you to see this. The pressure telling you this is so much, this is so heavy, this is so hard, that's the devil lying to you through the old man's ways trying to get you to get weary and well-doing. And I'll tell you this, if you'll start to think on how heavy it is and how pressure it is, it will literally become that heavy. But if you'll say, no, this is, this is easy. This is easy. I got this. You know, yesterday I was teaching Luke how to ride a bigger bike, and he had never done it before. It was awkward. It's, honestly, the bike's too big for him. And, uh, but I was, I, was trying to, uh, I was trying to help him and show him, and he was, like, coming at it with a negative attitude. I said, don't you come at it with that negative attitude. You're going to get this. You got it. You can do it. Well, sure enough, by the time we're done, he rode, like, five laps Around, around the thing, then he wrote another one just, just for extra, just to show that I didn't have to stop there. And then he asked me if he could ride it to where he was going to park. I said, absolutely. Why? Because, see, we can do what we set our mind to when God has given us that direction. God gave me direction telling me that he could do it, and I knew that he could do it, and he did it, right? When God's told us something, it, we, he gives us the provision to do it. That's why when he told Peter on the water with all the wind and the waves, he said, come, every provision was in that word come. Every provision was there. So anytime we fold to pressure, we fold, what we actually do is we're taking on a devilish pressure a devilish fear that we can't get it all done, that this is going to be too heavy, it's going to be too much, and we need to stand up against that thing, stop letting the bully of pressure and fear break that cycle, get out of the mind. Let the Holy Ghost talk to you. You can do this. You can do what I've told you to do. I told you to do it. You can do it right? I'm the one. God Almighty is the one who told you to accomplish that. He's the one that told you to get on that team at church. He's the one that told you that you were called to a great and mighty ministry. He's the one who told you you can break free from all that, that garbage, break free from that addiction. He's the one who told you I'm going to give you a future and a hope and not, not calamity. He's the one who told you, and it's going to happen if you'll line up with them. Lay aside the old man and put on the new. Look at this. That you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been credited in righteousness and holiness of truth. In the likeness of God has been credited. In other words, it already has everything that it needs to be successful. Put that in the comments right now. In Christ... I already have everything I need to be successful. In Christ, I already have everything I need to be successful. You're made the image and likeness of God, and he's credited to you righteousness and holiness. He's already credited to you. Peter said he's already granted to us uh, life 
everything pertaining to life and godliness. You already have it in Christ. Why do you think you can't put that cigarette down? The only reason you think is because your thinking is that it's got me. But Christ said, I paid the price for it not to have you. See, the only reason it's holding on to you is because you think it, you can't let go of it. And what is that? That's the old manner of thinking. That's the old manner of thinking. That's not how he made you. No, you've been credited holiness. If you've been credited and made in his image and likeness and credited holiness, it doesn't matter what that addiction says. It doesn't matter what people think. No. Why do we think that you can't lay, lay something down? Why do you think you can't stop cussing? Why do you think you can't tell your worldly friends no? Oh, that's not true. It's not true. See, we've got to lay down. See, the only way we think that those things are true is because we've been listening to the old manner of thinking. Look at this. Go into Second uh, Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, so we're here in a fleshly world. Oh, we don't war again according to the flesh. We don't war uh, with fleshly weapons. No, we have more. We don't war with that stuff. For the weapons of our warfare are, are not of the flesh. So we don't win a war in the spirit with a fleshly thinking, in a soulish mentality. Listen, you don't win in soulish mentality. You don't win a, a spiritual battle with a fleshly mentality or the old ways. No, you've got to put on new ways. You, gotta, you, you must do what Romans 12, 1 and 2 says. You've got to present your body a living sacrifice. What am I saying? I'm saying, Lord, here am I. Here's where I came from. Here's what I thought. You know, Lord, I give it all to you. I trust you to write what I need on my heart. You know, what if every believer right now threw away everything they think they know and they just said, Lord, rewrite it on my heart. Show me what I need to do. Is God big enough to do that? He absolutely is. Even if the most skilled Christians would do that, you would see an explosion of power out of the church. You'd see an explosion because the humility that they would have to go after God, God could say, okay, th this right here, I need you to throw that away. I need you to add this piece right here. I need, in other words, we would yield ourselves to his workmanship, and his workmanship is so strong, we would be so powerful, it would be just like that. He says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. You're not going to win by logic. You're not going to win by emotion, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking, here's the plan, we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and we're ready to punish all disobedience when you're, whenever your obedience is complete. In other words, I'm willing to see the thing that was being disobedient reversed. I'm willing to see. And, and see, here's one of the things that I want you to see and understand and grab it with your spirit. Your logic and your wisdom, we talked about this a whole lot at the turn of the year. Your logic and your wisdom is not the ultimate. 
God's logic and wisdom is, and how does he get us? He says, how does he get us that wisdom and that logic? It says you have the anointing, a spiritual anointing of God, and you know. In other words, by the anointing, I will know things. I will know his wisdom. I will know his logic. Not by sitting over here in a fleshly mind crunching numbers, figuring it all out, trying to, well, well, if I do this, then this will happen. Well, if I do this, then this will happen. Well, if I do this, then this will happen. Over here, that's flesh. No, we don't even have to do any of that. We are, we are tied in to God Almighty. We're tied in to him. I don't have to have it all figured out. I just say, Lord, what do you want me to do about this? Oh, okay. All right, yeah, that's what I'll do. Every time I do that and I hear from him, it works. And it's that simple. It's that easy. I don't have to sit here and worry. I don't have to sit here working on it all this time. No, that would be wasted work when I have God who knows everything, can see everything, and knows everything that's going to happen. Lord, what do you want me to do about this? Oh, yeah. Well, that doesn't make sense to that person. And, and the Lord's like, I know. Just do it and watch what happens. Oh, okay. I, I, I'll do that, right? Now, see, here's the thing. Make sure it's God. A lot of people, again, because we've not handled this side, many times what is God is still biased by this old man thinking. That's why it's important to have a pastor that understands this, that walks in this, and can help you confirm what is the Lord and what isn't. So important. I, I can't stress it enough. But here's what will happen. We have logic that will try, and I want you to see this. What is the nature of sin? The nature of sin is to try and take over what's God. That's always the nature of sin. I want to be the boss. Your logic will try to take over what the Holy Ghost is telling you. Your emotions will try to take over what God is telling you. Your worldly mind will always try to take it over, and God knows it, so he tells us. He says, take every thought captive. Don't let that thought take you captive. You take the thought captive. You tell the thought. You tell yourself how you're going to think. You tell yourself, oh, well, you know, when the devil comes or that worldly thought, you can't do this. You're not strong enough to do this. You can tell that. Go back here uh, to Deuteronomy 28. I'm the head, not the tail. God has made me above and not beneath. If he's told me to do something, I have the provision to do it. All provision, it is in his word. In Jesus' name, Lord, I receive your supernatural strength right now. I'll walk in it. It'll work, and it'll work out well. In Jesus' name, thought, worldly thinking, shut up. <laughs> shut up, flesh. Shut up. Put it in the comments. Shut up, flesh. I'm not putting up with you anymore. If we'll take those thoughts captive, it'll be so easy. How do you know if it's from God? How do you know if it's from God or if it's, or if it's from the flesh? There's a couple of simple answers. Some things, some things you need to get some confirmation of. Like, for example, do I give all my stuff away to the poor? Some people would always say yes, but they'd be wrong, Right? And that's why it's important to have a good pastor. Here, here's the thing I want you to see. Over in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, it basically says this. If it's not worthy of praise, don't think on it. Think on things worthy of praise. If it doesn't make you raise your hands. See, when we're sitting in something and we're like, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'm just, I'm just so tired. I just don't feel good and everything. 
None of that is worthy of praise. Every one of those thoughts should have been taken captive, but many times we've not thrown away that old way of doing things. And so those thoughts have been seeds, and those seeds have now grown and produced a fruit, and all of a sudden we'll stop doing something God told us to do. All of a sudden we'll be right in the wrong place. That's a soulish mentality. You can't let your emotions run you. You can't let a worldly logic run you. You can't let your will run you. Here's another thing. Let's say that I had all my life, I had a dream of having a retirement house at the beach. If my wife was on right now, she'd shout hallelujah. Uh, but it hasn't been my dream, so anyway. Um, but let's say that I did. I had a dream of having a retirement house at the beach. Okay, who put that there? Well, God had to put it there. He had to, huh? I don't know about that. Who put it there? Who put it there? Odds are it was put there in a thought way back in our early days that we can have a retirement, we'll work hard all our life, and maybe one day we'll have a, we had a dream of having a house at the beach, but that could have come from the flesh. It could have come from the old man. And we never laid it aside, and so we worked for 30 years to get something God never told us to get. He says, and, and we'll go and spend a half million dollars for a house at the beach, God might would have given to you. That's an expensive mistake. Maybe he never wanted you to have a house at the beach. Maybe he knew as soon as you spent that half million dollars, hurricane whatever is going to come over right over top of it and, and level it, and there'll be a problem with the insurance, and uh, you'll lose all that money. And God knew that, and that's why he was trying to tell you, but we've been so biased, and we never laid it on the altar. We kept thinking in a soulish mentality and not taking those thoughts captive and not even presenting it to God, and so he couldn't even tell us not to do it because we wouldn't have heard it if he did. That's a soulish mentality. Watch this. Watch this. But let's just say that it, we don't know if it's God or not. All we got to do is say, Lord, is this you right now? Lord, I take that you know, house at the beach or whatever that dream is that I don't know if it's you or not. Lord, I just take it right now. I set it on the altar. If it's not you, Father, burn it up. But right now, I, I, I give up possession of that dream. Lord, if it's not you, burn it up. And if it's you, then it'll, it'll stay. It'll survive the fire. But I place it on the altar right now. I'm not going after it, not one more day, unless you give me a command by your spirit to do it. Now here's the thing. If it was from God, he'll, he'll actually empower you to go get it. He'll empower you to do it. And if it's not from God, it'll get burned up, and you'll know I was just saved from something that I didn't need. That would have put me in the wrong place. I might have thought it was the greatest thing ever. But it wasn't. One time I, I was buying a car, and I just thought for sure that the blue, they had a blue one and a red one. I just thought for sure the blue one was the one I wanted. It turns out they sold the blue one before I could get my stuff together, and, uh, I, and I got the red one. Years later, I was driving down the road. I said, Lord, I would have never believed that I would have enjoyed this red car so much. But I literally, I literally have enjoyed it so much because it's red. I enjoyed the red. And, uh, and the Lord said, I know. 
See, he knew that thing the whole time, things I didn't know. He could see, he could see stuff I couldn't see. That's why we got to learn to trust on him instead of trusting on our logic, our will. My will was to have that blue one. If I had trusted my will, I wouldn't have, I would have never enjoyed that. Our will and emotions. That's the soulish mentality. Not taking our thoughts captive, not throwing away the old way of thinking, and letting the pressure, emotions, you know, a lot of people let emotions towards a person push them into a marriage with a spouse God never said to have. Let, it's emotions. It's not, a, it's not God leading their life. It's an emotion. That's a soulish mentality, and it has been a destroyer through deception of the church. But it's time for it to end. It's going to end with you and I today. We're not going back to it. Just pray with me right now. Just say, Lord, right now, I lay aside the old way of thinking, the old manner of thinking. Lord, I seek to hear from you and have my mind renewed to your ways. I only want to hear what you say and do what you tell me to do. Just like Jesus, who only said what you said, and he only did what he saw you do. If it was good enough for Jesus, then it's good enough for me. And if I don't have an answer from you, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I'll just wait till I hear from you. And if I'm not hearing from you, I'll reach out to somebody who knows how, and I'll ask questions. Jesus... Fill me with the Holy Spirit. You're my Lord. I believe you died for me. And I believe God brought you back to life. And I'm born again. I'm, I, my spirit is renewed. It's made righteous. It's made holy. It's made in your likeness. And I'm your child. And I can hear from you. And I'm not going to operate in a soulish mentality again. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Did you get something out of that today? If you did, put some hands up in the comments. We love you so very much. This, uh, you know, this stinking thinking mentalities has been great. We're going to have some more that are coming up here real soon. we got several more to finish out this series. I'm looking forward to getting into all of them. And uh, if you would like to partner with us, if you'd like to be a part and say, you know what, I got a lot out of that today, and I want to sow into my own releasing of that soulish mentality. If, if you're saying, I want to partner with what you are doing, I know you're changing lives at What's Right and Boomerang Church. I know that you are changing lives. And my job as a believer is to partner with you to get the good news out. I know that we're connected. If that's you and you'd like to, you're welcome to give today. You can go to giveww.org uh, or you can go to, uh, you've got Cash App, hashtag uh, giveww. On Facebook, you can type in hashtag donate followed by the amount, uh, text to give. PayPal, uh, Bitcoin even. There's all kinds of ways to make it easy for you. If you'd like to give not just one time, but Lord, I want this to go on a regular basis. You can go to giveww.org. It'll show you how to give that recurringly. And uh, so anybody that's sowing today and giving, Lord, we just pray over it. Lord, let it be blessed in Jesus' name. Let it overflow. 
Father, let it overflow now in the name of Jesus. Lord, let, let your people not be held back. Let your people not be held back. Father, I, as I'm talking about it today, you can see so clearly how an old soulish mentality will keep people from sowing seed that brings about their harvest. Father, I, in the name of Jesus, let that thinking be removed and that deception be removed so that people can have the harvest that you desire for them. You have a harvest for them, Lord. Let it be what it should be in Jesus' name. We thank you for it and we praise you and we give you all of the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you for being here with us. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. I believe Buddy's going to wrap it up. I hope you enjoyed that soulish mentality teaching today, and I'm glad that we are breaking out of it. If you're breaking out of it, put it in the comments right now. I'm breaking out of that soulish mentality, never to be held by it again in Jesus' name. I love you so very much, and I'll see you next time. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us today. And you know, uh, continuing on just sowing into this broadcast, one of the greatest ways you can sow into this broadcast is to share it, to yeah. spread the word. That's, that's a seed. Every view, every like, every subscription is a seed into this broadcast. It's saying, hey, because uh, what YouTube does and what Facebook does is they see our people interacting. Every comment that you make, you're interacting and you're spreading the word and you're getting the word out because when they see people are interacting with this, they promote our broadcast themselves. And so we want to encourage you, uh, you know, subscribe, get this word out, let people see it. Uh, and that is a seed into this broadcast. But guys, we love you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We will see you tomorrow at 1130 for Lunch Plus. We love you guys. We'll see you.